Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. What's the key to controlling the Omicron variant? The experts will tell us it's testing. we got to beat it back before we shut it down. Look, I don't think there's a chance you're going to eradicate this. The mandate. The vaccine mandate that reaches everyone universally in the private sector. 20, 30% of Americans are just not going to do it. Prepared for the worst. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome in. It is News and Views, new week, new day. Lots to talk about. Tom Lamprecht and Clark Willis with you. Benny's off today. Bob Dole will be uh, lying in state in the United States Capitol on Thursday as congressional leaders honor the former Republican presidential candidate and World War II vet. You know, the greatest generation... They're passing quickly. 98 years old. Of course, uh, North Carolinians know that he was married to uh, former U.S. Senator and North Carolinian Elizabeth Dole. Uh, Bob Dole received two Purple Hearts for his valor in World War II. And uh, he was a presidential candidate when Bill Clinton ran for re-election in 1996. You know, it was one of those... uh, By the way, he was in Greenville and... uh, came through campaigning and uh, I was um, that was the year I was running for uh, the state senate so uh, I, I remember I was at some event and Bob Dole was there I remember shaking his hand but um, that was uh, one of those races that you know it was okay uh, Senator Dole you've been serving a long time it's your turn and I don't think, I mean, the man was a great patriot, and uh, he certainly worked across the aisle. He was from a different era than what we see right now. But uh, I, he really never had a shot at winning that uh, presidential election that year. And um, he was also a VP uh, with Gerald Ford when he lost to Jimmy Carter. And uh, that was, uh, what, 76, right? So uh, Bob Dole passing away at uh, age 98. I think that's what you call a ripe old life. A life well lived. Former North Carolina Congressman Mark Walker, who was in the U.S. Senate race with Pat McCrory and Ted Budd, has decided to... It's interesting. How many times have I said this on the air? I would have liked to have seen Mark Walker drop out of the Senate race and run for Ted Budd's old seat. Now, if you remember, the congressional seat that Mark Walker was in and Ted Budd was uh, one seat over, that was sort of merged as to one, as a, a, a basically one congressional district. And uh, Mark Walker said, okay, I'll drop out. Ted, you run, which he did. And then after Ted was in there, then he decided to run for the U.S. Senate after Mark apparently had said it was his intention to run for the Burr Senate seat when it became available. Well, then Ted Budd decided he would run for it, and uh, Mark Walker had already announced that he was going to run for it. But I think I think this is the right decision. I think Ted Budd is a stronger candidate. I think Mark Walker will end up getting an endorsement Uh, As Ted Budd did for his Senate seat, I think Mark Walker will get an endorsement for Donald Trump for this congressional seat. And uh, he has come out today and said he will run for that congressional district, which I think is is a great move. 
So now it will be a match between Ted Budd and Pratt McCrory for the Republican nomination for the U.S. Senate seat. I think this would put Ted Budd in a stronger position. I think the people that would have been in the Ted Budd camp and the Mark Walker camp, I think those two positions would have sort of been in opposition to Pat McCrory. I'm just saying, I think that's how most of these people are thinking, that those were the two more conservative candidates. And I think uh, most of, and I don't know how much support Mark Walker actually had, but I think what he had will probably go over to Ted Budd. So, um, there you go. Um, there are a couple of other players that were thinking about running for this congressional seat. It was um, it is basically the seventh congressional seat, which, again, Walker had been in the seventh. It didn't exactly look like it, the, the new one does, but he had been a representative in the seventh congressional district. And uh, it is anchored in Guilford County, now includes Alamance, Lee, Chatham, Davidson, Randolph, and parts of Wake County. So um, he will be running in that. Ted Budd and Pat McCrory will be running in the U.S. Senate seat, and uh, we'll see where it goes. And again, there was a couple of other uh, state representatives who were talking about running, including Bo Hines was talking about running for the seventh seat. Now that Walker has said he was going to run it for that seat, um, Bo is now saying that he is considering running in the Johnson-Harnett-Cumberland-based 4th Congressional District seat. Get a program. You're going to have to have a program to follow all the players. Carolina Journal is also reporting just 20 minutes before the candidate filing period was set to begin today. Yeah, it's happening again. A three-judge panel of the North Carolina Court of Appeals imposed a preliminary injunction blocking potential congressional and legislative candidates for office from filing the injunction last until Friday. The North Carolina Court of Appeals issued a temporary uh, suspending filing for congressional and legislative offices. Paul Cox, Associate General Counsel for the State Board of Election, told local election directors at 11.40 a.m. the filing period was going to have started at noon today. And again, if you're running for uh, another lower office, a city municipal office or a county commissioner, that is still on. This is only affecting congressional seats and state senate and state house seats um, filing in other races including north carolina u.s senate contests and local races continues so the senate is statewide so the congressional maps won't affect that uh, republican legislative defendants have until noon friday to file a response at that time the panel could attempt a sweeping of unheard of move throwing out three new election maps Congress, North Carolina House, North Carolina Senate, without a trial or a fact-finding process. Uh, can you say this is political? <laughs> uh, this is so frustrating and aggravating. And finally, we get the least gerrymandered maps in modern history. And they're going to throw them out. Why? Because they're going to say they're gerrymandered. Uh, th- uh, these maps are, have more counties totally intact than from any map in the last, I'd say, 75 years. And yet, liberals in charge, and and by the way, uh, this panel of three, 
two Democrats, one Republican. North Carolina Journal has learned from sources close to the case that the panel comprised two Democrats, one Republican. It was led by former North Carolina House Minority Leader Darren Jackson, a Wake County Democrat. Jackson was appointed to the North Carolina Court of Appeals by Cooper after Democrats lost four North Carolina House seats in 2020 elections. Jackson has not stood for election as a judge, but is planning to run for his Court of Appeals seat in 2022. Opponents of the new election maps filed a motion at 8.30 this morning appealing last week's ruling upholding the maps. The Court of Appeals decision came almost immediately after reversing Friday's ruling in just three hours without offering Republican legislative defendants the opportunity to file motions or present an argument to the court. With this morning's injunction in effect for five days and the North Carolina Court of Appeals led by Jackson set to rule with or without response from defendants, The judges could throw out all three maps this week with no hearing looking into them. If so, that action would be unprecedented. I fully expect it to happen. It is unprecedented. How many decades, how many decades did Republicans put up with these highly gerrymandered maps by the Democrats and basically said, well, that's the law. Elections have consequences. But not for the Democrats. The Democrats will, what they're, I mean, for, for decades, on the federal level, they've used the judiciary when they can't win what they want through the legislative process. Well, now it's happening on the state level. Very frustrating, and pe- people out there are saying, why, why, why do you think I have given up on politics for this very reason? Listen, it is the North Carolina voter that has elected a strongly led Republican legislature in the House and the state Senate. I I, I understand we don't hold the governor's mansion, and that is somewhat controversial if you go back to Pat McCrory's loss to Governor Cooper. But... um, Total frustration. And, uh, you know, I just think this is more evidence that the Democrats will find themselves falling on their face if we can have a fair election. And uh, again, as I said last week, I fully expect that the Omicron virus, I well, I don't think that will have an impact. Omicron itself won't have an impact on next year's election. I do think Omicron is a dry run for some new variation they'll come up with come the middle of next October. And suddenly, I mean, the sky is falling was the mantra from all, all the Fauci and Biden and everybody else. Now that they're realizing that, okay, nobody's buying it over the weekend, they started to back off. Fauci said, eh, maybe we need to revisit this uh, you know, the blocking of travel from African countries. Yeah, you think? By the way, who was it that said it over the weekend? Oh, it was Ben Carson. He's talking about the fact that, you know, it's really interesting that all these African nations, perhaps one of the reasons why Omicron wasn't a big deal, and for that matter, coronavirus wasn't a big deal. I mean, wouldn't you think African nations would be totally wiped out when you consider some of these nations really don't have that great health care 
they don't have the, the the medical expertise that many other countries have. I'm not saying all of them do, but but for, for many countries now. But yet, you don't hear about populations in Africa wiped out. Why? Because they're on oxychloroquine to fight malaria. <laughs> They've been on it for years. It's it's everybody's on it. Oxychloroquine, yeah. The stuff that Donald Trump said was a, a good idea. Uh, in other political news, David Perdue announces his bid for governor. I just said last week, who will run against Brian Kemp? David Perdue came out today and said, I will. I mentioned last week, yeah, Brian Kemp, most Republicans aren't real enthusiast, enthusiastic about Brian Kemp. Um, and Perdue came out today by the way Kemp apparently thought and as recently as two weeks ago Kemp's campaign manager came out and said well I think David will endorse uh, our campaign I think he's he's for us in his announcement Purdue criticized Kemp and Secretary of State Brad Rassenberger to fight back he said we simply have to be and Brian Kemp and Brad Rassenberger are to blame Purdue's criticism of Kemp and Rassenberger is based on the controversy surrounding the 2020 election. Quote, look, I like Brian. This isn't personal. It's simple. He has failed all of us and cannot win in November. Instead of protecting our elections, he caved to Stacey Abrams and cost us two Senate seats, the Senate majority, and gave Joe Biden free reign. Bingo. Uh, Again, if you're a conservative and you get into politics, and I guess Brian Kemp at one point was considered a conservative, you got to quit reading the papers. You got to quit listening to MSNBC, NBC, ABC, CBS, and CNN. You just quit quit reading the Atlanta Journal. They're going to slam you. If you want to be liked, stay out of politics. You want to get something done, just do what you know is right. Listen, so many conservatives, so many Republicans, you're not going to be liked by these people. If you stand for what you believe in, you're not going to be liked by them. They're going to hate you. They're going to vilify you. And Brian Kemp caved on it. If you're going to go down, go down fighting. Don't go down and say, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who ended up winning those two Senate races? Not the Republicans. David Perdue, I think, is, uh, well, I, I'm quite confident he will uh, beat Kemp. And if he beats Kemp, I'm quite confident, unless some other Democrat runs other than Stacey Abrams, the woman who uh, personally cost the city of Atlanta up to $100 million by uh, talking about how racist everyone was down there. And so let's move the. Yeah, how did that work out for you, Stacey? Moved the uh, All-Star game to uh, Denver. That worked out real well, didn't it? Uh, It is expected that Donald Trump will endorse Purdue's campaign, and uh, that won't hurt David Purdue one iota. Hey, we've got to take a time out. 561-8255. Love to hear from you. More news and views coming right up. To require their workforces are fully vaccinated. Democrats call it. The right decision was necessary. It's not about freedom. Republicans call it. It's exactly about freedom. That's unlawful man. Condescending to Americans. What happens next happens here with Tom and Benny on Talk 96.3 and 103.7.
Welcome back in. It is December 6, 2021. You want to feel old? <laughs> this makes me feel old. When I was 10 years old, 57 years ago today in 1964, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer first aired on NBC. Wow. 57 years ago. That is hard to believe. 80 years ago, 1941, FDR, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, appealed for peace to Emperor Hirohito, Hirohito, I should say, of Japan. And uh, guess what happened on December 7th? Yeah, if you know your history, Pearl Harbor. Take a look at your weather forecast. A slight chance of showers tonight with a low around 46. It is going to be windy. It was windy today. Uh, winds got up to high as 21 miles per hour. Chance of precip tonight, 20%. Tuesday, partly sunny, high near 51. Again, it is going to be Wednesday tomorrow night. A chance of rain, a low around 40. Chance of rain tomorrow night is 50%. And then the rain comes in pretty strong on Wednesday. Rain likely, a chance of precip 60%, a high near 46. And then uh, Wednesday night, partly cloudy with the cool temperatures gets down to 31. Uh, Long-term forecast, it looks like it is going to warm back up by next weekend. So... Sounds good to me. Uh, this just in, Representative Devin Nunes from California is going to retire from Congress. Fox News has confirmed that Nunes plans to retire with a source saying a lawmaker got a job he can't refuse. He will be the CEO of the new established Trump media organization, Nunes was first elected to represent California's 22nd Congressional District in 2003. He served as chair of the House Intelligence Committee from 2015 to 2019. Maybe Nunes not only wants to get that job, which I'm sure will be a job he couldn't refuse, but it probably gives him the opportunity to get out of California. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of that, um, Donald Trump, you don't pick a fight with Donald Trump. Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube, they all picked a fight with Donald Trump. You know, you get the impression that Donald Trump, eh, he's not going to just roll over and play dead. Uh, He is fighting back after getting uh, the boot thrown into permanent uh, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube jail. So he has started a new social media platform called Truth Social. And uh, this isn't just a dream, folks. There are a number of investors. One investor has just kicked in. Well, it's a conglomerate. But investors initially kicked in uh, $250 million, I think it was, earlier this year. Uh, this last month, another billion dollars has been kicked in to um, this, yeah, 293 raised in September from the initial public offering, and now another billion dollars on top of that. Um, I would think that Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, I mean, Rumble has taken off, but uh, I think uh, this Truth Social, by the way, if you want to be a part of this, I'm well, I mean, I don't mean in terms of investing, but you know, if you if you can buy some stock in this, it's probably going to go in the right direction, I would imagine. And just look at what uh, these other tech giants have done. 
But uh, if you just want to follow it and be a part of it in terms of using it as a social platform, you can by simply going to www.truthsocial.com and you can sign up for the ability to be informed by this organization of how their progress is going. The general consensus is they will actually launch sometime in uh, the first quarter of next year. Maybe it'll fall into the second quarter. But uh, truthsocial.com is the name of the organization. And Devin Nunes apparently is going to head the thing up. Speaking of social media, some of these stories, I I, I know you probably think, Lamprecht, that that can't possibly be true. Come on. That can't. (laughs) Where do you get this stuff, Lamprecht? Uh, PJ Media, amongst many, that Mark Zuckerberg the head of Facebook, you've probably heard about organ porn, heard about revenge porn, where people will, and I've said numerous times, if you don't want to get in trouble, I don't care who it is. I don't care if you've been, well, if you've been married for 65 years, nobody wants to see a naked picture of you. But don't let your whoever don't be photographed naked all right that's that's probably a good idea okay so there's sites out there where people post what's called revenge porn in other words if if some girl gets mad at her boyfriend and she has a naked picture although usually women have more class than guys do usually the other way around the guys get a naked picture of their girlfriend or their ex-wife or whatever and they posted on some revenge porn website. So in order to battle this, Mark Zuckerberg is putting together a new website. And uh, well, it's not only just a web website, but it's also they will go through computer searches or whatever to protect you from having your picture show up on revenge porn. Now, obviously, if you've never had a picture of yourself taken in the nude, you have nothing to worry about. You can ignore this story. (laughs) I think the vast majority of our listeners, I hope, have not had their picture taken in the nude. But Mark Zuckerberg says, if you want us to protect you, all you have to do is send us a picture of yourself in the buff. I'm not kidding, folks. He wants you to uh, – Sophie uh, Mortimer – I'm not making that name up either. Um, she is the manager of the Revenge Porn Helpline, which Zuckerberg is helping to get launched. She says, this is a massive step forward. The key for me is about putting this control over content back in the hands of people directly affected by the issue so they're not just left at the whims of a perpetrator threatening to share it. So, uh, and then another director of global safety policy for Meta, which is the new name for Facebook, decided to work with Revenge Porn Helpline rather than handle the collective the collection of private images themselves to reduce the burden on viewers. Um, but in order to make this work, Uh, Would you please send a naked picture of yourself to Mark Zuckerberg? (laughs) I guess there are people out there would do. I mean, what could go wrong with that? What could what could possibly go wrong with that? 
Wow. Town Hall's reporting, along with a number of other media outlets, roughly two months to go before athletes from around the world converge on Beijing for the 2022 Winter Olympics. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki confirmed earlier reports that the Biden administration will engage in a diplomatic boycott of the Winter Games. What does that mean? Oh, we're going to boycott the Winter Games? No, not exactly. Saki explained that the Biden administration will not send any diplomatic or official representation to Beijing. What's interesting about this is uh, the CCP spokesperson from Beijing said, well, guess what? We didn't invite you to come over here. (laughs) They don't seem to be real concerned about it. So uh, now listen, the Biden family syndicate, they're not going to be too hard on China, right? I mean, Hunter Biden's laptop, it's in the news again today. Saki was asked about that at the press briefing. You know, what What about, you know, with all this talk about China and boycotting the Olympics, you know, where do you stand on Hunter Biden's laptop? And, you know, it's her, her answer to that, by the way, was, well, you know, Hunter Biden's not a federal employee, so don't ask us about this. <laughs> His dad is the president, Saki. You think we can ask you about this? Anyway, uh, yeah, with, I mean, if look, if Joe was too hard on China, they might not buy Hunter's artwork. So, I mean, you know, his, his painting career is totally dependent upon China. I mean, we've got to keep these, you know, these pieces of art that he uh, does. You know, he's getting $100,000, $300,000 for these pieces that he puts together in about 30 minutes. Yeah, they're, they're classical pieces, all right? Um, but you've got to keep China buying those. But basically, so they're saying, well, we're not going to send the VP. Ooh, I bet that really is upsetting. Kamala Harris won't come to the Olympics. Uh, yeah, China's shaking in their boots. Now, listen, I mean, I, I, I agree. Uh, frankly, I think uh, the, the new um, newest member, well, I don't know if she, he's the newest, but the uh, Mr. Freedom from the Boston Celtics, I mean, he's got it right. What's happening to the Uyghurs out there and the oppression to anybody that gets out of line being arrested and sent away to a concentration camp in communist China is deplorable. And quite frankly, Joe Biden ought to just say, you know what, we're totally boycotting the Olympics. That's not going to happen. Nikki Haley basically came out today and said, this is a joke. Um, But in a typical disgusting display of just how liberal media they despise the United States. They hate the United States. CNN hates the United States. So this story came up earlier today on CNN. And uh, I don't know. I don't know who the guy is that is hosting this this uh, discussion. But Mara Shavo Campo. She uh, is a former ABC correspondent, and uh, she'll do anything. I mean, she, I mean, people have pondered whether or not she's going to be the replacement for uh, Chris, Chris Cuomo, who got canned over the weekend. But th- this is why Americans hate CNN. This is why CNN is – I mean, there are radio stations in major cities in the United States that have more listeners than CNN has viewers. CNN wonders, why, what, gee, I wonder why nobody watches this. This is why nobody watches you. This is Mara Shavacampo, 
And this is her take on the story that Joe Biden is having a, a diplomatic boycott of the Olympics. This has much more to do, Mara, with the treatment of the Uyghurs, the Muslim minority, which some people call a genocide, flat out. Yeah, so the, the, the issues that the United States is asking to be addressed are incredibly significant, and it's important for them to be addressed. And one thing that it is nice to see is the United States take that place on the global stage where they are holding countries to account for these human rights issues. But I think when we're talking about the context of the Olympics especially, it's important to keep in mind that one of the most important, one of the most famous Olympic protests in history was Tommy Smith and John Carlos with that black fist in the air in 1968. So when we're talking about the United States' role in the global community, it's worth noting that there are a number of international organizations that continue to call the United States out on our own human rights abuses, including things like the death penalty, which puts us in the company of Saudi Arabia and Iran, the highest incarceration rates in the country. So I think if we're talking about our place on the global stage, holding others to account is incredibly important. But directing that same energy at protecting the United States human rights abuses is also important. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Look, I'm not saying the United States is perfect. I'm not saying we have a perfect history. We don't have a perfect history. But to compare America and, say, and basically say, oh, yeah, they've got their uh, human rights violations, but so do we. And isn't that the typical liberal response? Oh, yeah, they're, they're, they're tyrants, but so are we. No, we're not. No, we're not. We have nothing going on in the United States that can be compared to what's happening with the Uyghurs over in China. Do you see, I mean, if if the Boston Celtics, Mr. Freedom, what he has been saying, if he was over in China saying those same things, do you think we'd see him all over the news media? talking about how terrible it is that the Uyghurs are being abused? I don't think so. China, the, we're, we're just like China, Iran, and Saudi Arabia. you got to be kidding me. And this woman says this with a straight face and seeing it. Oh, yeah. And by the way, after she started saying that, oh, yeah, yeah, the, the, the host, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No challenge. Like, what the heck are you talking about, lady? No challenge. But I probably had more people just heard her comments just now on News and Views than all the viewers that watch CNN. That's how bad it is. We've got to take another time out. Stay with us. We'll be right back. To news and views. Talk 96.3 and 1037. Welcome back in. It's been two months since an NBC reporter pretended that the chance of Joe Biden were actually, let's go, Brandon, down in Talladega. Um, and that has now been the chant heard at football games, basketball games, all kinds of events. It's on shirts, it's on bumper stickers, it's on face masks. Um, one house member shouted it out. <laughs> it's got its own song. It's got its own dance. Um, but um, now there's something new. 
there is a Let's Go Brandon store selling all kinds of Let's Go Brandon merchandise. But what's really interesting about this story is take a wild guess at where the story the store is. I mean, it, you know, if this showed up down in some little town in Alabama or Texas, you'd say, yeah, I'd figure that. This retail outlet is located in North Attleboro, Massachusetts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so even when the libs up in New England have had enough, you know that uh, it ain't good for Cousin Eddie. It ain't good for Joe. And um, by the way, Politico, Politico, not exactly uh, the most conservative publication around. Politico is reporting that the Dems are fleeing Biden, Biden's sinking ship. Uh, Democrats report an entire team of Politico writers are, quote, worried that Biden's failing polling numbers with an approval hovering around, well, in the low 30s, I mean, in the low 40s, some have it in the 30s, will lead to a uh, disaster at the ballot box. So far, 19 Democrats have uh, said they won't seek re-election in 2022. The remaining 269 Democrats in the Senate and the House are left scrambling against both historical trends and, worst of all, Cousin Eddie's growing unpopularity. Just to show you how desperate Democrats are right now, they're putting the blame on the lamest of all political excuses. They're putting it on bad messaging. Now, rather ironic, bad messaging? I mean, you've got all of the mainstream media on your side. You've got major publications, the New York Times, the Atlanta Journal, the Washington Post. you got CNN. you got MSNBC. you got all three networks. They're all carrying the water for you. They're all carrying the water for you. And your problem is bad messaging. Remember Nancy Pelosi just a few weeks ago. She chastised the press at one of her press conferences because they were not pushing the Build Back Better plan like they should. In other words, you're not lying to the American people, Nancy was basically saying. Would you please lie to the American people and tell them all how wonderful Build Back Better is? Senator Bob Casey from Pennsylvania, Dem. While you're legislating, you're not communicating. Senator Chris Murphy from Connecticut claimed that, quote, maybe it would be the first time that the Democrat Party has ever been disciplined on message. Uh, maybe you're, maybe it's not messaging. Maybe it's that your policies stink. And the truth of the matter is, Democrats have always been better on messaging than Republicans have. I mean, once in a while, we'll get a Ronald Reagan or we'll get a Donald Trump that can you know, cut through the media and, and get to the point and talk to the American citizen. But for the most part, now, listen, I'm not saying that the Democrats are speaking the truth when they talk, but for the most part, the Democrats, they, uh, they have better messaging, but their policies stink. And it used to be that you could, you know, the Democrats would lie to the American public and it, there, the, the cause and effect wasn't so disastrous and quick. I mean, people have noticed how, Do how Donald Trump's success in the White House with gas prices in some places under $2 when he left office 
with the United States becoming an exporting, an energy exporting nation, all that's gone. In less than a year, people have noticed it. So it's not messaging. It's your policy stink. Interestingly, all these Democrats are scrambling, okay, how can I stay away from Joe? How can I win re-election? Now, I understand, you know, there, there are certain districts, Maxine Waters, Sheila Jackson Lee, there's certain districts that y- you could, you know, run anyone, anything, and if you're a liberal, you're going to win. But a lot of these Democrats, if they're anywhere close to being in a fair district, that's, by the way, I think one of the reasons why um, Butterfield decided not to run for re-election. The new district is actually a fair district. I mean, it's pot, you know, a, a Democrat could still win it. I'm not saying they, they, that a Republican will. But in this next election, with the way everything is going, if it is a fair district, I think the Republicans got a good chance of winning that, that, that Butterfield district. But Joe Manchin and Christian Cinema are about the only two that can sit back and feel confident that they've got a good shot at being reelected. Now, Joe Manchin for sure. Christian Cinema, uh, I don't know because she's in Arizona. I think and you know she, but she is really trying to play the the part of a uh, a moderate to conservative democrat. I think she's read the tea leaves right. I think she's doing what she needs. to. I think if she was going along full throttle with the liberal Joe Biden, Nancy Pelosi, Chucky Schumer agenda, she'd be toast. She's got a shot at winning re-election. I don't know that she will, but she'd be toast otherwise. It will be interesting to see if any of these other Democrats that could be in trouble, whether or not they've got to see the same tea leaves everyone else is saying. If they want to be reelected, and I know, I know Chuck Schumer is saying, you've got to vote for this bill or you won't be reelected. And I'm sure he is threatening them that if you don't vote for this bill, we will run somebody against you in the primary. But uh, for some, for some in the House and the Senate that are Democrats, it's going to be a death knell if they vote for this build, build back better policy. Biden bankrupts better policy. We got to take another time out. We'll be right back. Whatever it takes. This is your Drive at Five, an ENC with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back to News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Seven minutes before the top of the hour. Have you been following the... Uh, we talked about this a little bit last uh, Friday. The Jesse Smollett case. <laughs> he, he decided that he was going to take the stand. Now, the guy, I, I, I never watched The Empire. Or Empire, I guess it's called. But he was a star in this television show, The Empire. And uh, he didn't do a real good acting job in, in this fake attack. Uh, not not the brightest bulb in the pack, but he gets on the on the uh, witness stand today to defend himself, and he starts talking about the fact that he met these two brothers 
that helped helped them in this hoax, the hoax. <laughs> and uh, he, he gets up there, and his and his defense deals. I can't go into detail. That's how smutty it is. He goes into he gets up there and talks about how he and one of the brothers went clubbing, and then went to a bathhouse. And listen, a gay bathhouse is not, you know, that's that's not good. I'll just put it at that. They get intimate at a bathhouse and take drugs. What does this have to do with trying to make the jury think you're innocent? <laughs> I mean, the only thing I can possibly figure is that he's he's trying to get the jury to feel sorry for him that he's out of his mind. But this is your defense? Can't make it up. Interesting. A new poll amongst Latinos found out that, yet again, the woke crowd is out of touch with reality and mainstream America. Now, I didn't say mainstream media. I said mainstream America. The woke crowd wants to refer to Latinos— as Latin X. There is a new survey out, and it is not good for liberals. The label Latin X, which, by the way, you, you, there is no pronunciation X. <laughs> That's the first problem. But the label stems from trying to introduce a gender neutral option for uh, Latinos or Latinas, Latina or Latino, according to this poll, is uh, really um, more more Hispanics want to be called that at 21%. Uh, 68% just say, hey, you know what? And, and that this was a poll of Hispanics. 68% say, hey, Latinx. How many Hispanics wanted to be called a Lat- uh, uh, Latinx? No, I'm sorry, 2%. (laughs) Once again, once again, the woke crowd swings and misses. They are so far out of touch. You know, they stay in their little bubble. They talk to each other. They stay in D.C. They stay in New York, and they think, gee, does everybody, doesn't everybody think like we think? No. The vast majority of America think you're crazy. Hey, we got to run. Thanks for being with us. We'll do it again on Tuesday at 5. We'll see you then. Bye-bye, everybody. All right, all right.